Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Posts and Pints. Episode 34. Deep fly ball to right field going, going, gone. That's another home run for a famous number 34 named Big Poppy David Ortiz. The only guy. Who? Who? I never heard of him. Um, removing Dre from the chat. Give me a <laughs> second. This is offended. You gotta understand. Big Poppy said to an entire crowd at Fenway Park after the Boston bombings, he flat out like over PA speaker. Everyone in America heard him. This is our fucking city, and we're not gonna let him take it from us. And I'm sitting here like, Big Poppy for president. Like this guy got <laughs> oh, shot. Yeah. This guy got shot three times and is completely fine. Like, he got shot. He, wasn't it by accident? He basically he, won a World Series by himself. He batted, like, near 800 in a World Series. The Yankee killer. The ultimate Yankee killer. But we're not here talking about baseball. We're here talking about good old soccer and good old craft beer. My name is Matt. As always, with me is Kyle, Dre, and Alex forever behind the scenes making sure that I'm not going on rants like I'm doing now. He's doing an absolutely horrible job. We have a lot to talk about in the MLS. There's been some amazing news. An MVP candidate goes down. Inter-Miami confirms an MVP's coming their way. Seattle decide to score a touchdown in a, in a football stadium, nonetheless. Let's remember, CenturyLink Field. <laughs> the Union continue to shine, and with all those young stars, it's hard not to talk about. Nashville get their first win in their rivalry with Atlanta United. And the New York Red Bull, minus Chris Armas, find their way into the win column. And not only that, get a clean sheet. Guys, we have way too much to talk about and definitely not enough time. But we got to get into the most important part of our podcast, and that is drinking delicious beverages. I'm currently drinking my favorite of the pumpkin-style beers, and Wet <clears throat> just came out with their Scarecrow juice. It's very good. They ran out of four-packs because I kept buying them all, so I bought a— Did they 30- run out of Uggs, too? I bought a 32-ounce can of this, so I plan on drinking all tonight. That's disgusting. You're disgusting. You are a pumpkin person? Are you really a pumpkin person? I am a pumpkin person. Are you asking if the biggest white girl we know is a pumpkin person? (laughs) I just, I thought better of that. After this, I'm putting on my my yoga pants, I'm slipping on the Uggs, and I'm putting on the Han Solo vest. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I need new friends. Kyle, what are you drinking? Well, I decided to go to for a different brand of American white trash. I'm drinking Yingling this week. Hey. Wow. But that's not how you spell PBR. I know. You know what? I figured I figured the Philadelphia Union won. Maybe I should drink a piece of shit beer from Philly instead. Well, not from Philly, but from Pennsylvania. And why not? So what I'm actually gonna try doing is Adam Booth and I were talking about, um, so every year Sons of Ben does a beer. I'm going to try getting my hands on some of that Sons of Ben beer this year. I wanted year. to try so, it. Oh, that, that, I'm, I'm going to do my best to see if I can get some hands on it. Adam, I know you're listening. Hook us up. <laughs> beer, beer. Dre? What All right, are you, so uh, unlike, yeah. unlike uh, the white girl in the group, um, when it comes to the fall season, even though it's technically still summer, um, but if we're talking fall beer... Pumpkin is not the right way to go. That's the the basic bitch shit, the the Starbucks fucking frappo macchiato with the fucking pumpkin spice on top. 
That's some bullshit. Rappuccino, Rappuccino, Al Pacino. Which, nothing, nothing, <laughs> that guy too. What you really got to do is you got to get the Oktoberfest because that's what real men drink in September is the Oktoberfest beer. So I'm drinking this Warsteiner October. I'm still I'm still not hearing one thing wrong that was said from the group, and yet I'm still enjoying this beautiful uh, pumpkin ale. And something's Harry, in your okay, cup. Carol. What's in that cup of yours, Alex? It's a full full, full cup of uh, Jameson and ginger with a hint of I called it. I fucking because called it. Fuck your beer. Fuck your pumpkin spice. Fuck your Oktoberfest. I don't mind Yingling, so I'm not gonna say fuck that. But <laughs> it's not a pumpkin spice, Jameson. Um, I would rather die. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. The second Jameson makes a pumpkin spice, you'll see me hanging from the fucking ceiling. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not worth it anymore at that point. Like, why am I gonna do this? Al- at that point? Alex, Alex would just turn into a free agent, and he would just basically be shopping around to the other whiskey companies, and just be like, he'd be like Jack Daniels would be. I, I know Alex my well money enough. Now. I know Alex well enough. There's no shopping. He would go straight to Tully. Ooh, tell him to do it. Tell him more, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's just... So before we get into the game action, we have some hot topics to talk about. Gonzalo Higuain confirmed coming to Inter-Miami. David Beckham confirms it. Every major news source confirms it. He is going to be coming on a deal. And Kyle, if I'm not mistaken, $7 million a year? Seven million dollars a year. He is instantly not ever laced up shoes in the MLS. Highest paid player in the MLS. That is. How, how much was Latan making last year? Oh, uh, I mean, I'd, ha- I'd have to look I'd, that I'd up. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, Le- it, less it than seven apparently. It was not. I don't even think it was close to seven, to be honest with you. But overall, absolutely incredible. And what faith and he made out on this. He made almost three mil just for leaving Juventus. <laughs> oh, that's. I mean. That's the main, like, again, I think that's the one of the major talking points going into the games this week. But unfortunately, with everything that happens with good, something bad usually ends up being on the opposite side of the coin. And MVP candidate and MVP of the MLS's back tournament, Sebastian Blanco, tears his ACL in their game last week. And he will be out, confirmed, will be out for the remainder of this season, clearly ending an MVP run and... I'm going to ask you guys a question. We didn't write it down, but I want to ask you a question. How much is it hurting that Carlos Vela is out for an extended period of time? Joseph Martinez may be out for the entire year. Confirmed, Sebastian Blanco is going to be out for the entire year. The MLS, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for the MLS to survive with their star players keep going out. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys think like what else can the MLS do here to keep the momentum going? Because right now they do have a nice solid movement of momentum i was gonna say like right now it's honestly it's the games are still exciting the goals are happening you know there's plenty of games where there's three four five goals seven goals things like that so the games are still exciting the superstars aren't there so there might be less eyes on them but i think this is a great time for some of the youngsters or some other players to step up and kind of show what they're made of if you're not competing with the likes of vea and martinez then players that may not be of such a high caliber, they could kind of step in and, and take some of that spotlight away from them and, you know, make a career for themselves or kind of get some more eyes on them. So hopefully some other players fill in those gaps. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to get new eyes this year with so many of your big all-stars missing, but as long as you keep making the games as exciting as they've been and just keeping the MLS as the 
who knows what's going to happen league that we all know it is, then I'm just as happy with or without them. And it does give amazing chances to guys that everybody thought were either done or didn't have a shot, like Bradley Wright Phillips. And I think I look across the league and I and I see people like Johnny Russell from Kansas City. I think of Diego Rossi, LAFC. This is the opportunity for people we know have that star caliber in them to step up and shine. And it gives them an opportunity now more than ever to really just label themselves as someone you need to cover, someone you need to watch in this league. So, guys, we're going to get on to the games now because really no one wants to hear about, you know what we drank. But what they do want to hear about is how Seattle Sounders, my God, they're already dead. Like you're watching this game and you're just like, please stop. It's not fun anymore. But actually this game was a lot of fun to watch because basically everything Seattle did worked against San Jose as they cruised to a comfortable win early in the week, seven to one against San Jose. Dre, I'm going to have you start this one off. Was this just an absolute like masterclass from Seattle or just San Jose just not get off the bus? Hot fucking damn, dude. This game was entertaining as a motherfucker. And this is coming from a guy who just watched Byron whip Barca's ass 8-2. This was kind of right up there, even though none of these teams are mine. It's just a fun game to fucking watch. That first goal, Jordan Morris literally like did like a horseshoe run. <laughs> like He ran to midfield, cut in, did like a U, and then ran straight at the net. Boom. Puts in a goal. Beautiful. Rui Diaz got two goals. Uh, Jones got two goals. It was just top to bottom, like, destruction. What I saw from this game was on top of Seattle, like, just fucking being amazing, was that there was, like, no shape to San Jose's back line at all. There was no discipline. You never saw that line, the the defenders and the center backs, keeping that offside line or keeping even any kind of structure. Sometimes it looked like a fucking stock market graph where half the guys were up there, half the guys were down here. Um, There was just no real structure to it. And it just looked like Seattle was having fun, to be honest. I mean, some of these passes, some of these assists they were doing, they were getting balls in behind and just beautiful passes all the way through. It it was was almost like a, a, as far as MLS game goes, it's like a master class of how to play MLS football. And Kyle, you had some thoughts about this when we were talking about it before. So, I mean, what what were you really thinking during this game? This was like the textbook like version. And like, I feel like this should be showed to everybody in the future about how not to have your defense play when you go to CenturyLink. Just, or just how not to have your defense play fucking ever. Straight <laughs> up, if you're a bad team, just stay on the bus. Don't waste your time. This is the fastest anybody's ever gotten to five goals in MLS history at 33 minutes. That's like when this game first started, like I I knew I had again, I think I chose Seattle to win this game. And I think I think actually I think we all chose Seattle to win this game. But the thing that really just got me is every time you blinked in the first half, the score changed and it was just absolutely baffling. Uh, another part of this game that, again, I want to keep giving a shout out to Justin because he called this right before he left that Roy Diaz was going to go off on an absolute tear. And my God, has he been nothing but absolute fire. Guys, in seven matches this year, he's got six goals and two assists. He's been Ooh. damn near perfect since their season restarted. And overall, with Sebastian Blanco's injury now, I really don't see anyone else in the league that's going to compete 
with Roy Diaz for that MVP trophy. But one final shout out, I want to give it to Chris Wondolowski. Got a late penalty and ended up scoring his 167th goal for San Jose. That's absolutely incredible. I need, can someone look it up? How, what's the separation between Chris Wondolowski and like the next highest scorer in MLS history? <laughs> like that number has to be at massive. Like we'll, f- we'll figure it out and put it in the show notes for you guys or whatever the number is. I have one last note to make about this game. Now we all see the scoreline seven, one. We see how Jordan Morris played. We see how Jones played. We see how Ruby Diaz and just the entire Seattle squad top to bottom played. But this game easily could have been like, 8-9 or 10-1 if it were not for a couple actually amazing saves from Vega. He had a one-on-one. Jordan Morris straight at him made that save. There was a couple saves in the second half he made as well that were pretty much almost guaranteed goals for Seattle, and he did stop them. So for as crappy of a game as San Jose did have, it really could have been like close to 10-1 if it had not been for Vega making a couple key saves at least. Another amazing game this week. The Philadelphia Union seal a late winner against rival New England in an absolute thriller. Philly absolutely outplayed New England in almost every facet of this game. But it ended up being Fontana coming off the bench and scoring two absolutely, absolutely beautiful goals. Guys, what are we thinking? I mean, uh, of course, you know, you have to feel for New England with the red card. But, I mean, what are we thinking, guys? For me, however, on the on the New England side of things, it's so easy to pick the negatives. The team isn't having the start that they wanted to have, but it's a respectable start. There were some positives to come out of this game, like uh, Buchanan got his first goal, him and Bauer really heating up as a combo. You equalized the game. After you went a man down, just because you played set pieces that well in the second half, that's you have to give credit for that. That's a hard thing to do. And the fact that uh, Nguyen came back, didn't train with the team that day, just literally put on a uniform, walked on the field and looked like he did. I mean, that's impressive. And Dre, do you have anything to take away from this game that we haven't already covered? I have to take away from this game that, God damn it, man, Brendan Aronson is so fun to watch. He just really is. The first half of the game, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think New England got a shot. It was just one-way traffic the whole time. And the way Aronson and Jabilko are, like, linking up is is looking pretty dangerous. So those two players are really working well with each other. And if Aronson's playing this well at such a young age, like, I, I, I got a feeling from this game that he's kind of He's already comfortable. Like he, he's not like, like learning the league or adapting. Like he looks like he's already comfortable with the league, comfortable with his spot, and just kind of performing really well. And like I said, him and Jabilko working really well together. Like this Philadelphia team is is very dangerous. I do want to give a shout out to, I believe his name is Buchanan, the the young player on New England. He came on for a short period of time and. You know, young Canadian player, 21 years old or 20 years old. He did have a, a nice showing for the time he was on there. I got himself a goal. So he might be someone to keep an eye on in the future. But for me, this is all about Aronson and Jabilko just running train. Some news on Aronson is starting to circulate over the past year or so. It's been pretty clear that, 
you know, Brendan Aronson is going to be European bound at some point in the near future. But rumors are actually starting to stir that Red Bull Salzburg are in the race for that. And I think that I feel like Jesse Marsh has his hand in this somehow, in some way, trying to get the young Americans to kind of I'm come over. Already, I'm already writing my Arson Wenger's done it again theory. <laughs> I mean, Arson Wenger. He's, he's I, done it again. I just feel like Arsene Wenger sits in his den. You know Arsene Wenger has a den with, like, a bear head over... You know, I also think he never takes the coat off. I, no, if, I, I don't want to know a world where Arsene Wenger does take the knee-long winter jacket coat off. I don't care if he's, at, if he's on a beach in Florida. I don't, I, he better be wearing that thing year-round. But Arsene Wenger has done it again. Something that's never been done before, though, is Nashville beating Atlanta. For the first time in their rivalry, Nashville walked away with an incredible team win against an Atlanta side that just cannot seem to figure it out. Overall, losing a superstar and then trading away another. Nashville walking away, Dax McCarty end up being your game MVP. I feel like we may have heard that one or two times in the past, the ginger ninja himself. Kyle, I'm going to start this one with you. Nashville, man, did they look good or did Atlanta just drop the ball? Before I really get into this, I just want to start with kind of a selfish point. I enjoyed this game, if for any one reason, just to watch Alex Wheel finally start a game and look good <laughs> on defense. I'm just so happy that he's finally in a system where he's going to get credit, and it makes me really happy inside. That being said, um, I don't know much about Nashville looking good. I think they did a couple things better than they have in the past, although uh, with Yonder Cadiz in the very near future for them, it's only going to get better because they finally found their star striker. Quite frankly, this was, this is another game that proved to me that Atlanta is in worse shape than everybody already thought they were in two out of four of those goals were giveaways from just mistakes that should not happen at this level. And it was, I've never seen so many people just standing in the penalty box ball watching before in my life. Like, usually I'd make some comment about Brad Guzan looking angry after the goal got scored, but, like, you had 11 guys watching the ball go past him. You can't blame the guy for being upset in that in that factor. This team needs a lot more than just Joseph Martinez, and honestly, for the sake of that team, I hope that them selling pity was just starting to get cash to make the rebuild. <laughs> And Dre, I mean, he makes a great point about a rebuild, and it's something that I kind of want to bring up when it's my turn. But overall, what are you thinking? I mean, Nashville absolutely for 90 minutes completely outplayed them. Oh, yeah. I, I have a couple key notes and takeaways from this game. One, it was so nice to see Alex Mule come home to, to Papa, Papa Dax McCarty and the two Red Bull players reunited. That being said, this game was just all Dax McCarty, man. He was killing it. He got an assist on the first goal, which is 55 seconds into the goddamn game. You know, to score to have a career against game Atlanta. Your career. Yeah. Just, no, to score a goal against Atlanta, who like apparently used to be this really impressive squad, as a new team, new addition to the MLS, 55 seconds in is pretty awesome. 
Dak's got a goal. He got an assist. He just was on top of this game, top to bottom. And second point I want to make is I just love seeing Atlanta burn. And this game was definitely scratching that itch. It was just so fun to see them dismantled every which way. And then on top of that, I mean, listen, when you have two superstars missing and you had the pitiful performance that they did in the MLS's back tournament and all that combined, I mean, Atlanta is probably just not in a good spot mentally and it shows in their gameplay, it shows in their results. They're just not doing good right now and there's lots of reasons for it, but I do love to see Brad Guzan get very upset and pissed, so... It's definitely scratched my itch, but if you're an Atlanta fan, you probably are not having a good time right now. And I'm telling you right now, and Kyle keeps bringing it up anytime we talk about LAFC, but LAFC is definitely missing Walker Zimmerman, who is definitely helping that back line for Nashville. He is a leader back there, and he needs to get the recognition he does deserve. You guys have already praised Dax McCarty enough where he's basically my new Jesus, and I worship the ground Dax McCarty walks on. I just love the fact that all of Dax's goals are from his head, and if people don't know what we're talking about, Dax McCarty is like five foot seven on a good day. So for him to be heading balls in is absolutely incredible thinking that there are defenders out there who are like six foot four. So all praise to Dax McCarty, but I really well, want to going talk- up against Connor Laid every time. Then it's not that. <laughs> I would pay to see a Connor Laid versus Dax McCarty, like defend, like them going at each other on Even the soccer better, field. My, my immediate thought is just Connor, you're going to cover his Latan this time. Thanks. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Oh, he's God. just gonna he's gonna <laughs> hop he would just hop on Zlatan's back like a backpack <laughs> and just like Zlatan would just walk around like what is what is this thing on my back? I have no idea what this is. Get this get the, this thing off of me. The greatest intersport matchup between two different players from two different sports would be Connor Laid versus Dano Char. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to cover that thing? <laughs> I just I just thought of that. I'm like, that would just be hilarious. There was a basketball there was a basketball player way back in the day. His name was Spud Webb. He was like I'm mean, he yeah. was like five foot four, five foot five. And like he's going up against people who are like seven two. And it's just like Keep I would doing just look, you, Spud. Keep doing you. Someone someone in the next po- Alex, you have homework in the next podcast. Alex isn't gonna talk. Alex, find out what Spud Webb is doing. Okay, the next podcast, you need to look up what Spud Wet is doing because I need to know if he's even still alive. I haven't heard his name in God knows how long. Quick hot take, Atlanta need a star. Atlanta don't know how to be a franchise or at least be a winning team without a star person on the field to carry the load. This team is not meant this team is not meant for team play and they need a superstar to carry the team. I'm just, I'm going to go in on Atlanta because I'm just more disappointed in Atlanta than I am happy for Nashville. You guys gave all the happy Nashville parts, but I'm going to give the really bad Atlanta parts. Everything down to Miles Robinson, who is their most consistent defender, had an absolutely abysmal game. Brad Guzan is proving now on a day-in, day-out basis that he is not good enough to not only represent his country, which he has in goal, but overall, he's not even a top five MLS goaltender. He is proving to be consistently out of position and completely disconnected from his back line. Overall, Nashville has gotten 
eight points of the out of their last possible 12. So for Nashville, they're on an absolutely amazing streak, and I'm excited to see where Nashville's going. Um, most of us predicted that Nashville is the team to look out for this year with the newcomers, so I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know about you guys. Speaking of teams that are having exciting little turnarounds, we're talking about a team that we compared to a dumpster where someone took the garbage in the dumpster and lit it all on fire. I'm talking about the New York Red Bull. And they found a way to win a game. And guys, I mean... And and for anybody out there that's wondering, or you're not a Red Bull fan, yes, we can call it a turnaround. Yes, you can be happy for it, because we're so sad that winning one game is an accomplishment. So just just let me have it. This is like... Let me have it, damn it. Kyle begged us at the beginning that, like, hey... Can we please talk about the Red Bull? It made I'm, me happy. I, I'm so upset about like just ripping them apart on a weekly basis. I'm like, they did something good. We need to talk about it. Overall, though, the New York Red Bull had a very, very wonderful game against a very weak DC United team. But the beautiful thing about what's going on right now in the MLS is you can lose to a team one week and you'll end up playing them again the following week. So for the Red Bull to lose one nothing at home the day after firing their head coach, and then a week later winning 2 nothing on the road. That is an accomplishment. And, I mean, I'll leave the floor open to you guys. I'll chime in a little bit at the end. But, I mean, I'm really thinking about it. This is good news for the Red Bull, right? I absolutely think so. I'll be honest. I think we were discussing this before the game started. I saw the lineup going into the game. I saw the five in the back, and I thought it was going to be another, like, Josie Mourinho park the bus strategy. I really enjoyed it. Like there was more depth in the back. It allowed the wingbacks to kind of push up a little further. It allowed everybody to kind of push a little more. And it, they just looked way more like the Red Bulls that we remember than they ever have this year. And I, what a game just to see Aaron long, not look like a wet piece of cardboard Mm -hmm. and see Daniel Royer actually tap a ball at the appropriate strength and not just between the field goals. Amazing. <laughs> I cannot describe how maybe I think Matt mentioned it before. Maybe he's a lefty and nobody ever told him. I, I that that was my first comment on that. I'm just like Danny Royer misses penalties with his right foot and puts it about in the 15th row. He put in a banger with his left foot. And I'm just sitting here like, did no one tell this guy growing up that maybe he's a lefty? <laughs> so, Dre, yeah. what, what what are you thinking about this? So, when I saw the lineup first, I was like, also, like, kind of like, oh, this is a little weird, five in the back. But then I also happened to catch the first half of the game on the radio while I was driving home. And I think it was Matt Harmon spoke with Bradley Carnell. And then, like, afterwards, his analysis was, instead of it being, like, a five in the back, it was more of, like, a three... I think he called it a three-five-one-two. So, like, essentially above the back three center backs, that's where you have um, the wing backs that go way up that kind of add to the offense. And they had a two-striker system. So that's kind of what the analysis there was. Wait, did I say too many people? I'm, Is it three-four? I'm, I'm physically doing the math. Hold on, hold on. So it's <laughs> three-five-one. That would be eleven people outside of the goalie. So you're okay, talking so then about it, it, then it. Then it's like a then it's, it's a like three, a three four one two. I guess is what what they three, called it. It was a three five two. Three four one two with Kaku being the one. Anyway, 
that's kind of what they called it as. I'm like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense because, you know, we have good center backs. Tim Parker didn't have a shitty game. Aaron Long had a good game. Sean Nealis, I'm starting to change my opinion on, so, you know, he's oh, growing well, on, on me a hold little on, bit. Hold on. Uh, Alex, can you confirm that that was recorded? Dre said a compliment about Sean Nealis. I didn't. I said he's growing on me. I said he's growing on me. Like Matt's mustache. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I can confirm he did. That's it. Okay, and good. I, I, I'm that's that's my new ringtone. So anytime Dre texts me, it's just Sean Nealis is good. Uh, like I said, thing, I, good thing I, really, I never text you. Like I said, I really enjoyed it because it allowed the wingbacks to push up, like Dre said. Yeah. And that's the whole thing that Kyle Duncan does well. That's what he hasn't been able to and, do because the Pendant, back line has been too. such trash. And Pendon as well. Like he, I think he flourishes being able to go up on the on the left wing a little bit. But and on let's top not of forget that, Ryan fucking mirror Ryan fucking mirror of course but on top of that you know for those of you that are watching this on patreon you see kyle's background with kaku looking like a depressed little little boy over there he had a turnaround of a game because he has a coach that realizes hey let me like when i'm messing with the rotation or, or the lineup of players let me not take out one of the best players on the team let's keep the consistent guy in this lineup and he put kaku back in and kaku got an assist on the aaron long goal and if this was a hockey game, he would have gotten a, a secondary assist on the uh, the goal from Danny Royer because he gave that pass off to Pendant. With that game, Kaku goes up to like the top 10 players in Red Bull history with assists. So he's on the top 10 list of, of, of Red Bull right now. He's just, back, ladies and gentlemen. Kaku back. Fuckboy Ultra is there back. There he is. Full <laughs> so, strength. So, so no, it was it was a good, refreshing game to see out of the Red Bull. So a couple key takeaways I want to like just bring up with you guys. For a brand new coach for the New York Red Bull, he did come out. I mean, he got all five of his subs done before the 78th minute. That's pretty impressive for a coach who's never coached, you know, as a head coach before. One hot it's take. It's way I more impressive than not using any subs until the 86th minute. Oh, one yeah. ho- one hot take. Another, and at least another hot take I want to do is Ben Olsen, the head coach of. DC United. He is one of the coaches who's desperately on the hot seat. And um, I I have to have a gut feeling that DC has been pretty. I just, I feel like they haven't been playing to the potential that that team can. And I, I think that he will be the next coach to go. But overall, I mean, I look at these stats. You, you made the joke about Josie Mourinho before. But, I mean, let's be honest here. They basically played five in the back and had 37% 37 possession in this game, but had more shots, more chances created, and more big chances. That sounds like a Josie ran offense to me. But let's all not forget, ladies and gentlemen, even though Josie's absolutely tanking Tottenham right now, Josie has won a couple Champions Leagues in his day. So I'm not going to take anything away from this guy. Mr. Mourinho, why can't I start at uh, midfielder? Because, Sean Davis, you're shit at football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing I want to take away from All or Nothing is, like, Tottenham basically hoard themselves out to Amazon. And basically, if Amazon wanted to walk in and watch Harry Kane take a shit in the bathroom, Danny Levy would be sitting there like, yeah, no, Harry, you, yeah, you have to let them record you taking a shit. Because That's award-winning TV. Because they're paying us dumb money to let it happen, and I'm an absolute whore of an owner. <laughs> I, I I have my own personal views on Tottenham, and if you want to follow me on my personal Instagram, it's 
Matt underscore CIA, and I will make all of your hopes and dreams a reality. I'm basically Will Willy Wonka of the soccer world. Oh boy! Come with me, and you'll see. <laughs> Speaking of things that are magical and wonderful, guys, we had another wonderful week of games, which means we have another wonderful game of picks, and. I'm saying the world wonderful, but I had an absolute shit week. I only came in with five correct choices this week. Good <laughs> God, someone help me out here. That and my fantasy team for the English Premier League, both of them took the big L, and I basically want to crawl under the bed. Dre at came least, in. At least you didn't do what I did. I just forgot to sign up in time. What are you talking about? You're in the league, bruh. I never picked a team. I never did any of that. I never clicked the link. Huh? I don't like believe auto, you. It looks hold like on, auto hold, pick. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. We're on the pod right now. This isn't being stopped. Kyle has a team. Kyle, I, you I never are... clicked that link. Oh, wow. He's not in the league. I could have sworn I saw your name on this league. Wow, Kyle. I even, literally forgot even, to click the link. Shout out to Matt Marshall. Matt Marshall signed up at like 2 a.m. The like one hour before the deadline. So hmm. shout, shout out Matt Marshall. Lucky number seven. Dre coming in second to last place in this week in picks with the number seven. Alex, you had a gentleman's eight. Very good. And my man who was in last place since the day this season started. Kyle coming in with the hot number nine middle fingers blazing. We're going to wrap up these season totals. Alex and me are sharing that first place spot. Alex, it's good to see you up here on the podium. Dre coming in with one point behind us at 58. And Kyle, excuse you, being only two points behind us there in the third. Good God, boys. It's getting so tight. I'm smelling Dre's aftershave. Oh, oh. It's either that or the bath salts that Alex was taking before we started the podcast. We weren't going to talk about the bath salts. Well, they smell so pretty. How else am I not going to bring them up? Oh, those bath salts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you have something to talk about on the podcast about nope. different bath salts? Nope, no. Nope. Okay, we're good. Speaking of things we don't want to talk about, Dre is going to lead us into another wonderful week of Dre's Farmer's Market Minute. And if we're going to talk about the French football teams fighting each other on the field, that was the most entertaining five <laughs> minutes of French football I've ever watched in my entire life. Oh, boy. Yeah, that that was something. So, yeah, last we left off, Freddie Adu was traveling his merry way, merry way across Europe and did fuck all at Benfica. So Benfica's like, OK, you still have a contract with us, but. We're going to give you out to some other little tiny country where you can play because we don't really have a place for you, buddy. So they send him over to what Matt's favorite, I guess, Farmers Market League is. League One in France. Wow. He gets a one-year loan to AS Monaco and did even less of a fuck-all job than he did at Benfica. At Benfica, he at least got like a couple goals and assists. He did not do that for AS Monaco. He played a grand total of, I think, nine games all off the bench, got a grand total of zero assists, got a grand total of zero goals, and from 
January through May did not play a game because that seems to be the running theme. The team gets him on loan. They try him out for the first half of the season. Doesn't really do shit. And then they're like, yeah, you're just going to sit on the bench. And then after that, they're like, you're not even going to sit on the bench. So that's what went down his next season. So he went from Benfica to AS Monaco. Still did fuck all. And three more times Benfica loans him out. So I think next year, next week, uh, we will tr- uh, check out his journey to Greece. Yes, he went to Greece. Not for a very nice vacation, though. So that's next week on Dre's Farmer Market Minute. I feel bad. And I, I'm going to give a couple reasons why I feel bad. One, he's going to the most beautiful countries in the world, and he's, I bet you he's really not enjoying it. But number two, we've all watched Sunderland Till I Die. It's really depressing to know the end of the story while you're hearing the story being told. <laughs> like, you see them like, oh, my God, they're going to win a game. They're going to win. A-, and they got relegated. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you you know what's going to happen. It's like someone like leaking the end of Harry Potter to you as you're watching the Sorcerer's Stone. It's like, I can't wait to watch this. Oh, yeah, this is what happens. Well, I mean, what the <laughs> fuck am I supposed to do now? Well, shit. That's got to be some kind of record, though. How many people can say that they've visited the most, some of the most beautiful countries in the world and been so virtually fucking useless during all of it? I just like I hear stories like that. At least he got to travel to Greece Portugal, France, and take a huge steaming dump in all of them. The the next the next few countries she goes to are not as nice and warm, so keep that in mind. I think like I think of like bat at least like like I said he got to get like get loaned out to a couple nice areas. Matt Miazga hasn't left the shittiest parts of the UK. Like he's in Reading, isn't he at Reading? He's at Reading right now. He's too busy punching people in fights. Like. First hey. of all, any point Matt Miazga wants to come back to the New York Red Bull, like make it happen because <laughs> I'm all about it. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to our final segment of the show. Fan favorite as always. But we are going to go round robin and we are going to talk about what's pissing us off this week. I'm going to spin the wheel. The wheel? The wheel of fortune and Kyle, it landed on you. So what's pissing you off this week? Actually, what's pissing me off this week, believe it or not, is uh, the esteemed gentleman that I don't know where he is on your screen. He's underneath me on my uh, Skype screen uh, with the blonde hair right there, surrounded by uh, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, wait, I thought that was in sync. Backstreet Boys, in sync, Death Clock, whatever. They're all the same thing. <laughs> boy bands are boy bands. So, actually, it's Alex that's pissing me off this week. I can't get ahead in this league because, right, this man decided, I'm going to do my homework. You're going to get a nine-point game? You're going to get a nine-point week? I'm going to get an eight-point week. Go fuck yourself. And I can't catch a single human. Hey, you're catching everyone else besides me, all right? So be happy. As long as Dre keeps taking huge steaming Tootsie Rolls right in the urinal, maybe I'll be safe. I, I loaded up on points in the beginning so that now in the lean weeks, I'm, I'm still gambling. kind of okay. He's gambling now. He's gambling. Dude, I was, dude, I was sweating. When I was counting them up, I'm like, yo, shit, did I really only get five correct picks this week? I'm like, yo, I'm going to be in last. And I'm sitting here like, oh, yo, thank God I got that early lead. Yeah. All right, uh, Ka- not Kyle. 
Alex, Dre. I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Eleven. Three. Okay, Dre, you got it exactly. Uh, between one and ten, you college-educated Alex, you. Forty-seven. Okay, and that's enough. Dre, what's pissing you off this week? <laughs> what's pissing me off this week is what do I got? Oh, I got something. I'm not a morning person, as everyone here very well knows. I'm shocked. No, you, I'm, don't I'm answer, you don't answer the group text until about like 8 o'clock That's an understatement, and that's also coming from me. Yeah. This week, I happen to have five meetings every single day, all of which start at, not, not five meetings a day, but I have five meetings for the week. Every single one starts at 6.45 in the morning, and I'm like, no. <laughs> that is brutal. No. Is oh, it well, Oh, you're trying Dre, I should call yeah. you when I wake up in the morning. You and I can have a nice conversation. Yeah, oh no, cool. like maybe you, somebody when, can actually be up to answer Matt when he blows up. When, our when you put those, when you put put those posts in the group chat this morning, I saw them and I'm like, I'm not answering them for a couple hours. I'm not ready. <laughs> a couple hours, yo. What's not pissing me off, but what should be pissing me off, is the fact that when any time we're having a serious conversation about the podcast, Dre goes zero dark thirty on us <laughs> <laughs> every fucking time. Like, hey guys, hey, serious ser- conversation. What do you think, Dre? Six hours later. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Alex, everything's I- finalized. The posts have already been made. Dre's like, I think we should change this. Before nope. I do what Ma, what's where were you last off, week? Before I do what's pissing me off, Alex, what is pissing you off this week? Uh, mine actually happened today. So today I was riding my bike and I almost got hit by a car. Oh god damn! Stay in the bike lane, you dumbass. <laughs> Homie, I was in the bike lane. This dude, so I'm I'm going up the street. I'm probably going like 20 miles an hour, but I'm on like a straight road, and this guy's turning out of development. And he sees me. He looks both ways. He looks both ways like at least three times and sees me. And we make eye contact. Like, I, I could tell you exactly what he looks like. And he still decided to fucking pull out. Because he's like, oh, yeah, I can fucking do this. And I had to slam on my brakes. I went up on one wheel, landed on my feet, like, an inch away from his car. And I just took, like, my forearm and just smashed his window. It didn't break. But I swear to God, the guy had a fucking heart attack. And I screamed through the window. And then I just kept riding. But... So, so would you idiotic uh, fucking drivers who don't pay attention to the road? Would you say his pullout game would be weak or strong? Dude, I mean, I'm, <laughs> that motherfucker only has like twenty kids at this point. <laughs> yeah, you see photos of like people with like eight kids, and they're like, "Yo, this dude could pull out of his driveway." I'm yeah. <laughs> no, it's got to be the opposite. I think he probably doesn't have kids because he'll pull out of anything, no matter what. Uh, so, yeah, mm. well, there's not even look. Mm-hmm. Not even look. Get it right in the eye. One. Whoa, 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 Nelly. Oh boy. Okay. Sweet, sweet. We all need Jesus. And speaking, and speaking of Jesus, what's pissing me off this week? Uh, soccer related, as always. Uh, it's the international breaks or international friendlies in general. Games that don't mean fuck all that take players away from their actual clubs or from actual rest and make them play meaningless games that don't involve anything. But especially in the Corona age, how, Dre, how many players have you heard coming back from international break with Corona and now they can't play with their actual team who's paying them actual money? I haven't heard of many, but wasn't the national break like beginning of September? I don't, I don't think we're in a national break right now, are we? No, no, players have officially come back, but I can name half of the PSG squad 
Paul Pogba. A lot of players have come back. First of all, all you think French. You hear a lot of you're, you're you're hearing a lot of French connections going on right now. I don't know what the French are doing over there, but stop getting the corona. The Rona. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of episode 34, David Ortiz edition, Big Poppy edition. Things gonna happen in my fucking city edition. For Dre, Kyle, and Alex, my name is Matt, as always. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Post and Pints. Say bye to the pretty people, kids. Oh, rainbows. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Post and Pints. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Post and Pints. Remember, we are now on Patreon, so give us a follow and check everything out there. Make sure to give us a follow and join the conversation. And as always, be safe and podcast responsibly. And remember, the banter will always be free, but the beer is never included. We'll see you next time.